Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I'm your host, Brian Bott. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Dean Manchie from the Kimberly Papermakers and the Fox Valley Throws. Coach, are you over there tonight? Yes, I am. Getting ready for the first day of school tomorrow, Brian. So it's always exciting for the kids, and it's very exciting as a teacher to uh, start a new school year, going on year 27. Well, I think it's very exciting, obviously, for a lot of our listeners, hopefully, that are going back to school or that when they're listening to this will be in school uh, versus last year, right, when everybody kind of didn't know, you know, are you going to have a football season, you have a volleyball season, are kids going to get to run cross country or, or, or even go to school, you know, for that matter. So I'm sure there's a lot of excitement from our listeners, right? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's, let's get going here. We got a, we got a great guest. Um, he is a uh, former Badger, and he lives up there by you, Dean, in, in Kimberly. Um, he's, he's helped you guys coach for many years. Um, and I'm talking about Mike Verstegen. Coach, are you over there? I am. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. Well, we're really looking forward to having you on. And we know you got the new iPad and, and whatnot. And, and our, we don't do video on this, but I had to throw on my Kimberly sweatshirt just so I didn't feel like the odd man out with when we had Coach Jones on, I kind of just kind of sat back and felt like the odd man out. So I wanted to dress the part tonight. But um, Mike, why don't you tell our, our, our guests, um, our, our listeners, coaches and, and athletes a little bit about yourself and, and your career and, and things like that. Yeah, I graduated uh, high school in 1990. I was part of, uh, uh, from Kimberly High School, I was part of Alvarez's first recruiting class uh, that came on, uh, on board in 1990. Um, graduated from the University of Wisconsin uh, in 1995. I got drafted by the New Orleans Saints uh, in the third round, 75th pick. Spent about three to four years with the Saints, uh, and then on and off uh, with for a couple of years with the uh, then St. Louis Rams. And um, from there, I got uh, released in 2000 and uh, immediately started uh, my second career in uh, financial planning um, started off with Morgan Stanley and I've been doing uh, have my own business probably for the last uh, 10 years and then on the side here I joined when uh, uh, Dean and and uh, they came over to the high school I started coaching uh, with them and have been coaching uh, for about 17 years and taking a little different role this year um, just helping out from a scouting standpoint but uh, just really enjoyed uh, the last uh, 17 years and what we were able to accomplish while I was there. You know, and uh, I've had the wonderful opportunity to uh, coach alongside Mike uh, Bynum, and it's been an unbelievable experience. You know, he's the, kind of the hometown guy, Kimberly grad, and coming back to his school and his community and, and giving back and, and really helping not only the football program, but the community as well. He's also served as a school board member. Um, he's not currently on the board, but he did that for a number of years, and uh, he just does so many great things for the community, just like a lot of our guests do. And uh, so, just thank Mike uh, for that relationship that we have had, and I've learned a ton of great stuff from him. And I know he's going to say the same thing likewise. And we just have an unbelievable great time here in Kimberly, obviously with the seventy-game winning streak and uh, so many great memories. But Mike, when you decided and you went. To that first class of Barry Alvarez as you got to Wisconsin 
you know, what was that experience like? I know you were a little undersized. You got on campus. They kind of threw you into the practices, you know. Explain why you wanted to gain weight. And then uh, what were some of those big differences going from the high school setting to the college setting? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that I came in as a high school athlete. And uh, when I weighed in my first day at Wisconsin, I was probably 230 pounds and they wanted me to play uh, offensive line at that time. And I just had no understanding of uh, how strong I needed to be, how much weight I needed to gain. And uh, it was just a whole different, you know, whole different level. But, um, you know, I think the, the biggest thing that when, when I got there was just uh, trying to put as much weight on as I uh, possibly could, you know, probably looking back at it, it probably didn't put it on the right way. It probably put it on too fast. Uh, probably didn't do it in, in the, in the right way. Probably had too many meals at union South and too many cheeseburgers and, and uh, cheese curds, but ended up putting about 40 pounds on that first year. Uh, ended up starting my red shirt freshman year. Um, Coach Alvarez and, and his crew are just, you know, we're just, uh, you know, they were kind of weeding out the, uh, it's, it was a much different program at the time. And I think a lot of people don't realize how, how far that program has come and um, where it, where it had to come from. But, you know, Coach Alvarez, when, when he first came into the high school, I still remember this years ago when he first came into the high school, it was like he was uh, a mafia member walking in the, in the hallways of Kimberly high school. And, and, um, he just come, kind of commanded so much uh, uh, respect. And, and I think both of you guys have been around Coach Alvarez. He's, he's probably one of the few people that I know that he, everyone knows that he's in the room. You know, he commands the room and, uh, and he's just a, he was a great leader for that uh, program for many, many years. I know, uh, Mike, I can contest to that when I was at Oshkosh North. And in 2000, we won the state championship. And I remember that day also when Barry Alvarez came into the Oshkosh North School. And it was teachers were looking for autographs and going, you know, peeking out their classrooms and kids were coming down. And, and just that presence, you know, is, is just unbelievable. And, and Brian, you've been working under Coach Alvarez for over a decade, so you can go on and on with that. But just uh, very impressed. And from what Barry has done for football and, you know, for all athletics in the state of Wisconsin is just truly amazing. And I think right now we're in this situation where athletics is so good at the university of Wisconsin. It wasn't like that. I remember going to a game in high school and I think Miami, you know, it was a game at camp Randall and it, I believe it was like 50 to nothing. There was nobody in the stands. I mean, it was just, it was just an embarrassing game. You could get tickets easy and, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, for you to be part of that first recruiting class is, is really got to be very special to you. Yeah, and the amount of people that I met during that recruiting class too, I think that was probably the most special thing. And having the ability to see the turnaround and the work that went into that, I think a lot of that uh, has carried over to my um, kind of my, my second career, my professional career too. And Dean, by the way, it was 51 to three. It was against Miami. And the chant in the stadium that day was we scored first because we scored the field goal first before uh, <laughs> Miami rolled uh, 51 points on onto that. And there was probably only about 22,000 people in the, in the, in the stands. It was one of those games right before uh, deer hunting and, and no one was there. So 
Unfortunately, that was my first Badger game I ever went to. But uh, I'll tell you, the, I, I certainly like the Badger games I've been to in the last decade a lot better than that. Mm -hmm. Well, guys, I could speak, too, to, um, you know, what it was like the first time. You know, and I, and growing up in Wisconsin, the first time I ever met Coach Alvarez, um, I'll never forget, it was, was out of a, we were in the middle of our first football camp. It was probably my fourth or fifth day. And, you know, he walked into football camp the first night. And I didn't get a chance to meet him. And I was walking up the ramp of the old McLean, you know, um, that led to the stadium, walked out the door and, you know, he was coming in and I was coming out. And I was kind of almost like, Ugh! you know, one of those things. And I, but I was like, coach, I am Brian Bott. I'm John Detman. Oh, good to have, you know, very personal. But like you said, you know, anytime Barry walks in the room, you know who's in charge. And so coach just kind of follow up on that, you know, being a part of that first recruiting class and, and Dean and I have, have gone through different podcasts that we've shared. And our last one on in-season training, um, we talked a little bit about, you know, what it's like for coaches that want to take over a new program. And what are some of the characteristics that you specifically noticed or saw um, in coach and his, you know, and some of his coaches. And again, you look at some of those coaches that they had on that staff. I mean, some of the who's who that were in college football in the 19, you know, 1990s and the early 2000, what were some of the things that were done there um, to really help turn that program around? I mean, that, that, that was no easy task and for you guys as well as players. So what were some of the things that, that you noticed from a leadership standpoint that that coach did, you know, maybe behind the scenes and, and things like that. I think the biggest thing is the like open and honest communication. I still remember, and, and this is story has been passed along for for many years, but I experienced that when we were at the uh, seminary, uh, the four captains stood up on the stage. You probably heard this before, Bob, but the four captains stood up on the stage, and I think it was Don Davy or Nick uh, Polinski. Um, just was started going off on the entire team and uh, how about uh, if if we didn't think or if there's anyone in the room that didn't think that they were going to win all, all, all the games that uh, you know they, they were going to kick our kick our butt and all of a sudden coach Alvarez was in the back of the room and he's and he's basically said wait a minute here guys this we don't have enough talent in this room and we're going to be lucky if we can win two games this year and we went on to win one game that year. And, but I think that's the biggest thing is with coach is that he was always open and honest and the communication was always, sometimes you didn't like to hear it, but you heard it and whether you, you, you liked it or not. But that was one of the things that uh, I completely respected about him. Obviously he had to teach us the work ethic in order to get the, you know, to get to where they, where we needed to be. Um, but also, you know, the confidence, you know, we didn't know how to win a game then. We didn't know how to win or put away teams. We didn't know. And that was one of the things that, you know, maybe looking back at it is that he had instilled some of his confidence uh, into his players in order to start that winning tradition. And I think, Mike, with, with confidence also, when you're building a program like you guys had to do, not only, you know, coaches and, and players alike, is there's no compromise. Like you, you have to do it this way. 
once you start leaving holes and, you know, things like that, all of a sudden the boat's going to sink, you know, and I think that's the other thing that I've noticed. I'm sure you saw it too, because at that time you were, you, you know, it had to be this way. And, and that's the one of the characteristics that I admire so much about Barry Alvarez is there, there's no compromise. This is how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to win. Yeah, there's no compromise. There was a plan. There was always a plan in place as far as how we're going to do it, the structure of how we're going to do it. But it was, you know, it was always his way. And but he knew how, you know, how to win. It was that that was the plan. But that was also what I'm elaborating to is as far as the open and honest communication. He didn't let things slip through the, pack, the crack. It was, you know, we have to do it this way. And and he called you out if if it wasn't done the correct way that he thought was going to. Uh, have a winning tradition and carry on. So, Mike, let's go back into your, your, you're done playing the NFL. And I know that's a hard adjustment for many athletes because, you know, that, that's what you've done. And you've done it at such a young age. You, you move back to your community, you know, you're around the Kimberly area. You start coaching. That's when I got to meet you or, you know, on a more high, higher level and spend a lot more time with you, you start coaching now high school athletes. So it's a totally different situation than you had with the Badgers, obviously, and then the NFL, uh, totally different. What were some of the challenges? Because obviously you had so much knowledge from an NFL standpoint, from an X's and O's. But what were some of the biggest challenges that you had when you started a coach at the high school level, coming from the NFL level? Um, the biggest thing is I wasn't a teacher. And I knew right away that I was not a teacher, but I was surrounded by some really, really good teachers, including yourself, uh, you know, Jorgen, uh, Steve Jorgensen and, and uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Josh Heisler. And I could keep going, Aaron Hank and uh, Steve Jones eventually came into the program, but I had to learn to teach. And, and I knew the knowledge, but um, being able to surround myself with teachers and the other thing is that you have to somewhat swallow your humble pride and say, I don't know. I don't know. How do you teach? How do you, how can I get better at doing uh, teaching and explaining things? Um, you taught me a valuable lesson one time, Dean, is how much kids rely on visual learning. And I try to incorporate that into, you know, what I was doing from an offensive line standpoint. I always try to incorporate what I was trying to do from a visual standpoint and then also carry that over from, from that. But my biggest struggle early on in my coaching career was just learning how to teach. And But I was very, very fortunate that I was surrounded with some really, really good teachers. And I was able to self-reflect and, and know that I was not a good teacher, but I needed to get better at that in order to become a better coach and, and translate what I knew from a football standpoint into what I wanted them to do from a football standpoint. You know, and I, you know, I can contest with that situation because I remember back and now this is going on year 17 at Kimberly high school. And then, you know, after some of the practice, you're like, geez, you know, you're frustrated and how come this, you know, these athletes aren't getting this and, and all that. And, you know, the biggest compliment I can give you, because I, I, I've always, I say it to everybody I know, you're the best offensive line coach in the state of Wisconsin at the high school level. You could coach at any level, because you are flexible, you're not afraid to ask questions. And like you said, you, you knew the information, but you know, a lot of people will know lots of information, but then you took a lot of 
uh, uh, should say higher end information or more complicated schemes or you know more advanced type of techniques and then you were able to relate that to high school athletes and you know I really like that you know some of our listeners not every coach at the high school level is a teacher you know and there's you know there's people that got jobs like yourself that aren't in the building and and that's a great point that you brought up and you know, the, the best compliment I can give you is, you know, you weren't this, you know, NFL egotistical guy that said, Hey, I'm going to do it my way. You know, you were open with that growth mindset of asking hey, us high school coaches that were doing it a lot longer, even though, Hey, your, your knowledge of X's and O's and what you have learned was, was such a great asset to our program, but you had to adapt. And, you know, we learned a lot from you as well. So I think a lot of the younger coaches nowadays, whether they go to a program or, you know, whatever they decide to do, sometimes I think that they, they only know one way and they want to teach it that one way. You know, we see that in the strength and conditioning world a lot of times. Somebody has an Olympic weightlifting background and that's all they want to do is Olympic weightlifting type of exercise, or they got a bodybuilding background and they want to do just bodybuilding stuff in the weight room. And I think, you know, you have to take and, learn different things to help you become better and be a more well-rounded coach. And I think that's one of the things that, you know, from a young coach standpoint, you have to be able to ask for help. You have to be able to self-reflect and, and, and uh, know what your strengths and weaknesses are. You have to be able to learn some new system and, and things like that. And you can't be afraid. You can't be afraid to, to know, just say, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you mean. And uh, I think that's probably one of the biggest lessons if I was to talk to young coaches. Don't be afraid, afraid to learn and don't be afraid to ask, um, you know, uh, good questions. Dean, you know, you talked about this on our last podcast, actually about actually coaches that ask questions, that's more of a sign of mental toughness, you know, versus trying to fake it. Because at the end of the day, and, and Mike, you have all the knowledge. It's just, it sounds like the communication part of it was maybe the thing that, that was, you know, maybe off a little bit. But I think that's such a great lesson. <laughs> that's a great lesson I would love for my staff to hear that too. You know, is that there, there's going to be times where all of us, I mean, we all have, you know, 20 some years of experience either playing or coaching that there's going to be times that we don't know the answer and asking for help doesn't make you look bad. It only gives the athletes a better opportunity to have success. Um, so that's, that's a great message, Mike. Um, so looking back kind of on your, on your playing career now, you know, now that you've been coaching, and now that you've kind of gone through a process of, of learning, you know, how to be a difference maker as a coach, you know, what are some of the things, you know, going back, you wish you would have known as a player, you know, that, you know, now that you've kind of been through the coaching, you've been through the NFL, you know, what are some of the things if you go back now and tell, you know, young Mike Verstegen, Hey, you know, th these are some things that you need to focus on. What are a couple of those things our listeners could, could take from that? From a player standpoint, I wish I knew the importance or better importance of taking care of my body and uh, how important that was as far as in the time that you needed in order to um, take care of your body. I still remember game days at Camp Randall and going out on Saturday and just feeling 
just awful as far as like, I don't, I, I don't feel fresh. Um, but part of that was, you know, the second thing is nutrition. I probably ate too much on pregame meal. I didn't do what I was supposed to do uh, from, you know, Friday to Saturday. Didn't hydrate the, the best way that I, I could have. I probably could have done some more, you know, stretching things. From a, from a coach standpoint, X's and O's, it kind of goes back to what we were saying. The same thing is don't be, a, don't be afraid to ask questions as far as from a player standpoint. If you sometimes you faked it and you didn't really understand a concept or, you know, especially when you went to the NFL, you didn't really know from a past pr protection standpoint and you just, you didn't, you were afraid to ask. You're afraid to ask. I don't understand. I don't understand why you're doing that. And the coaches at that time and, and self-reflecting, you know, whenever a kid says that to me now, I have to learn how to explain it in a different way. I have to ask other people to explain it in a different way. So that's probably the biggest thing. And then from a, you know, once again, from a X and O's, I wish I learned a little bit more of the why. Why are they doing this? Why are they running things this way? Why is the safety over, over the top of the tight end and, and understanding that? And I think that um, would have helped me a little bit in my, in my playing career too, is just understanding the why. And, obviously taking care of my body, nutrition, and things like that. Hey, Mike, this Saturday is a big Badger game. We all got a Badger connection here, and we're all big Badger fans. And obviously, you're a Wisconsin Badger alumni. You know, and the starting right tackles, one of our Kimberly athletes, Logan Bruss, he's on the Outland Trophy watch list. And you had the opportunity to coach Logan in high school, and I got to work with him, you know, with throws as far as track and field and in a weight room and everything like that. But uh, tell us a little bit about Logan and what, what you thought of him when he was at the high school level. And obviously, you know, the great job he's doing right now. being one of the best. Uh, yeah, I love, yeah, absolutely loved coaching Logan. I think the probably the biggest thing that uh, I would say about Logan is he loved football, loved practicing, loved, uh, loved competing. He just absolutely loved competing no matter if it was going through the shoots, if it was a one-on-one, -on -one, if it was on Friday night, he loved, uh, he loved the game. You know, the other, the other thing that people don't see is he, he liked to laugh at himself. He wasn't afraid to laugh at himself. He was, uh, didn't take the, you know, life or the game too seriously. I think that's a, a, a good trait to have as far as that. Um, and then you could be hard on him too. I think that was one of one of the nice things about, Logan is that you could be really hard on him, but he understood why you're being hard on him. And he understood that, you know, in order to get better, that that was part of the reason. And just the, just the effort, he just gave so much effort. And that's, you know, to me, that was so, so fun to watch as far as his effort on, on the second level or, or uh, from a game standpoint, just, just love to play the game. And, and it would, it showed with his effort. Mike, so if we, going back to coaching a little bit, um, you know, there's there's a misconception that based on the level you're at, you know, defines how good of a coach you are. Um, yet you see, you know, guys like Nick Saban that are hiring high school coaches um, and things like that. So, you know, from your perspective, you know, what are some of your thoughts on, you know, pigeonholing guys just because of the level they're at? Um you know, and there's obviously, I mean, let's be realistic here, guys. I mean, your staff at Kimberly 
is as good as any staff across the country, any level. I've watched games. I've been at games. Uh, I talk to your strength and conditioning coach at least two or three times a day. Um, mm -hmm. you, you have a leader who is so far out in front of the growth mindset of the leadership um, of being a servant leader and things like that. So, you know, you played in the NFL, but now you've also been a part of, we can call it an organization that really has very high end talent leading the young men uh, of the football program. So maybe speak to that a little bit, how, how, how we can't just pigeonhole people because of the level they're at. No, it, you, you can't do that. Absolutely. You can't do that. I think, you know, probably the, my best coach that I've ever been around was Bill Callahan and he's still with the, the Cleveland. I think he's with the Cleveland Browns yet, but um, Bill started as, you know, he's a teacher and that's what, what made him so well. And he was passionate, but you can't, I don't believe in that either. I've been around some, some uh, really hall of fame coaches. I've been around some hall of fame players, um, but you can't, pigeonhole someone to be there I think first and foremost in order to be a good coach go back to this whole teacher thing but you have to be a good teacher and you have to um you really have to dig deep and understand your your weaknesses and try to improve up improve upon that and just self-reflect every single day in order to in order to get better but I think you know Saban's been been great as far as kind of resurrecting a lot of people's careers you look at uh uh, Lane Kiffin and and uh, the the guy that just got hired at USC, um, you know he, he's I think he's a teacher's teacher. He teaches the coaches what needs to be done, and and that's one thing that I can say about uh, you know just from a, from afar what what he does. And I think too, Mike, with 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 coaching, and this is something I think we all believe in, is it's not always about the X's and O's. It's about the difference you make in these young kids' lives. I can speak to this uh, on third. Well, you know, the podcast is going to air, you know, after this, but I'm going to the funeral of my 10 year old baseball coach. And he was the first coach I had after my father, my father coached me in every single thing I had. And to this day, I don't call him coach. I don't call him Dave. I call him Mr. English just because the amount of respect that I had for him and the lessons he taught me as a, nine, 10 year old boy, um, that I've carried through my life. And so I think coaches listening, yeah, going to clinics on X's and O's and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. But Steve talked about this Dean in our podcast with him. If leadership is so important in a program, we need more coaches spending more time in the, how to teach kids, how to lead kids, things like that. Absolutely. And uh, Brian, um, kind of taking that a little step farther, um, all the lessons that we learned from all the coaches and, you know, all the mentors that we have going back, if you're going to talk to some high school athletes right now, Mike, you know, you know, a lot of it is to get your edge advice, you know, what competitive advantage, what words of wisdom, what golden nuggets would you have for an high school athlete right now? I think first and foremost, you gotta you gotta have a um, you have to self evaluate. You're you're not you can't you have to have that growth. We call it growth mindset. 
self-evaluate what, what went right, what went wrong. I think that's probably the, the number one thing. Um, obviously, this is my biggest thing to kids, uh, whoever, surround yourself with really good people. Um, you got to, whether this is, uh, you know, I've, this is the way that I've kind of lived my life and run my business and, and uh, surrounded myself with really, really good people. And, um, you know, the other thing that I, I was thinking about is, is that what we had talked about with Coach Alvarez is, is having that confidence in yourself. Try to have that confidence in yourself. Keep that confidence in yourself whether that's the, the you know, high school kids. And then at some level too, with social media and all this other stuff that's going on, you have to protect some of your confidence. And that's kind of what I'm learning right now too, is that at some level uh, where I'm, you know, what I'm doing from a day-to-day -day standpoint, or, you know, when I was coaching a little bit more the last couple of years, I might have to turn some of the noise off and uh, protect some of my confidence that I have within myself and within my players. And then third thing we mentioned this before is just don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to ask for help and, and um, um, you know, own some of your mistakes that, that you, that you have, I think from a, from a uh, older coach to a younger coach, I think that sometimes, uh, you know, if I'm talking to the coaches now in this podcast, it's just, I think it's appreciated sometimes when, when you tell, high school kids that, Hey, I made a mistake and, uh, I'm willing to own that up and, and, uh, but I'm willing to, to learn it and correct it and own it and, and learn from it. So. You know, that it's a great comment that you made about coaches, you know, owning, you know, mistakes. And what I've seen a lot of times at the high school level is some of the best high school coaches I've been around have said that to the athletes. And, you know, we talk about mental toughness. I, I think that, you know, is an important piece as a coach to, to show that these athletes that you're human as well. Because I think they think they think all the time, you know, hey, they're, you know, the coach never makes any mistakes. It's always our fault. And and when you take some of that situation and put some of that blame on you, it really it's it's we're all in it together. And, mm -hmm. and that's a really good point. Uh, the next thing, um, a lot of athletes fear that failure and fear that judgment, you know, and uh, you decided to go out in your own, in your own business, explain how you went about that decision. Cause I know that can be a scary situation. You're real comfortable. And a lot of times we tell our athletes, Hey, in order to grow, you got to get uncomfortable. You were in a situation in a business standpoint is you were comfortable doing what you were doing. You were working for someone else. And then you decided, Hey, I'm going to go out on my own and again, fear of judgment. What about fear of failure? You know, what happens if this thing doesn't work out? Uh, explain it to us. Yeah, kind of the same messages that I had before. One, I surrounded myself with good people and I was able to reach out and get a lot of different advice from other business owners, um, good friends that are, who are account or is my accountant, other friends that might've started businesses um, and really kind of the, the I, I tell this story sometimes too, is that one of my good friends of mine that is actually about 16 years older than I am, who runs a very successful business, um, you know, I was being vulnerable to him one day and just saying, hey, this, this is what I'm thinking about. And this has been a couple of years of what I was telling him, telling him what I think about it. Hey, I wanted to go off on my own. 
And then finally he said, what are you, what are you waiting for? Left the, left the message and right then and there, I knew that I was, uh, I was ready to, to make, the, make the Jeep, make the leap. Um, had to get past that fear of failure, had to get past that. Um, and then same thing, I, I had a lot of confidence in myself, but that, that maybe pushed me over the edge where I was like, hey, we're doing this and we're going to do it. You've been planning it for a long time. You've looked at this from every different angle. But it's uh, yeah, there's there was a lot of that, but but at some point in time, you got to have confidence in yourself and trust in yourself, and and um, you know some good people around you to point you in the right direction. And I think you know, Mike, I know that. Go ahead, go ahead Brian. No, go ahead, Dino. Go ahead. You know, I, you know, I can kind of relate to that. You know, we were at Oshkosh North, and we were having a lot of success. You know, Coach Jorgensen and myself, and uh, you know, when the situation when we said we were going to come on up and, you know, take the challenge on uh, as far as being a teacher and, and coach in the Kimberly area school district. You know, a lot of people from Oshkosh kind of, they judge us and they said, we're crazy. You know, you can't mm -hmm. win there. And, you know, so it, it was one of those situations there where we were winning, everything was going good. You know, when you're winning, everything's going great. And all of a sudden, you know, we decided to make this decision that we thought was a great challenge and a great situation for our families. And uh, we were really excited for it. And then there was people saying, eh, you know, I, I don't think, you know, I, they can't win there. It's not a football town. It's all these different types of opinions. And I know the same situation with Coach Jorgensen and I, we just said, hey, we're going to go for it. You know, we yeah. were athletes and, and you know, we, we were confident in that we had a system and, and we could uh, develop some things that could we thought we could bring to the table to help all sport programs and, and help the whole school atmosphere. And we just said, hey, we want the challenge. And, and that's part, I think, one of the lessons we learn as athletes is, you know, you talked about Logan Bross, he just loves to compete. And I think that's why so many past athletes are really good out there when they end their careers, if they really know their purpose. Mm -hmm. You know, if they can find their purpose, I think a lot of those NFL guys from talking to you in previous conversations is those ones that really tend to fail just really don't know where their purpose is. And Joe yeah. Thomas mentioned that on a podcast, a previous podcast. If you know your purpose and what you really want to do and your why, then you can make such a big difference in whatever you decide to do in that, for you, a second career. Right. Well, I think two guys, you know, when we talk about fear of failure, I think sometimes that's what drives us. You, you know what I mean? Is that, okay, and I use this, this with our athletes. Uh, I use it with my staff as well. You know, when I, when I kind of put some tasks on them, you know, the highest pressure situations yield the highest performance opportunities. You know, when you look at, you can use a diamond, right? Why does a diamond form? because of the pressure on it, okay, on that piece of coal or, or however diamond is formed. But I think, you know, having that pressure to succeed really is going to drive people in business, people in athletics, things like that. You look at the, the best athletes of all time. They love that pressure. They, they you know, and they, they embrace it. And I think as, as people, you know, in athletics, you know, like Dean said, you want to be in your comfort zone. 
Well, you're never going to reach your comfort zone or you're never going to reach your potential if you just sit in your comfort zone all the time. You know, if it's just always easy and this is for, you know, even our coaches out there too, you know, you're, you're, you may make a nice income, you may have a nice job, stuff like that. But if you, you know, put a little pressure on yourself to go out and learn a little bit more. I know a, 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 I can use a great example of a coach in our area, Ben Strickland. All right, Ben played defensive back at Wisconsin. He coached defensive backs at Wisconsin. He's been a D coordinator in high school. This year he's coach, coaching the offense because he wanted to learn something new and he wanted to get something that could make him or force him to really step up for, you know, for the program he is. So Mike, your thoughts about that is, as we talk about, you know, going from the NFL and then also now kind of running your own business, very successful business, you know, what are some of the lessons that, you know, we, we talk about all the time, how great athletics is, for kids, not just for the sports part of it, but what it teaches you to be successful in life. So what are some of the things that athletics, maybe at, even at the high school, college level, also at the NFL, taught you that now is helping you in your day-to-day business? Yeah, I think all the things that you just mentioned there too, just uh, stepping outside your comfort zone, how to deal with stress and pressure of uh, you know owning your own business. You know, those are all things you know, to take in, in, into consideration how to fail, you know, failing is good. That's when you, that's when you learn the most is when you fail and, and being able to, that's one thing that I loved about football is that you could fail on one play and you have to get it right back up and you have to forget about it and move on to the next, you know, the next play. But it, you know, we could go on and on and on about time management, the work ethic, uh, open and honest communication, which we had talked about, you know, having that communication, with your employees and, and being, you know, being consistent every single day. I think that's another important, I try to be the same person every single day. I, I try not to get these ups and downs that sometimes you can experience with other, maybe other people where, um, you know, we use the word, you guys are familiar with the energy vampire. I don't like energy vampires around, around me. Uh, just that's one thing that I just can't, um, um, can't stand. So just try to get that negativity out of there. Uh, being able to listen, you know, I think that's one one thing when you're coaching, when you're getting coached, being able to listen and understand what what is being taught to you. But you know, the it, it constantly is on and on and on. The friends that I met at at, at uh, Wisconsin and during the NFL, those are really good people. And you know, it goes back to that what we had talked about before: surrounding yourself with good people. Well, go coach, Brian. go ahead. What's that, Dino? Oh, go ahead. Okay. Um, coach, you got anything else for our, for our listeners or, or anything else that you want to share? No, I, I think, you know, most of the stuff that I, I kind of wanted to touch on was, you know, the, the, the stuff that we had talked about is just, uh, um, you know, just kind of the importance of, how much athletics has been, you know, to me and, and has affected my life and, and all the good things that have, have come from it. And which also included all the things that we had, you know, wanted to cover, just making sure that people have the confidence in themselves, whether they're going to start a business or try to get that to that next lift. It's, I think it really depends on what you, what you have. Um, 
I'm not a big social media guy, but it's just in, the, I think at some level, I wish the kids um, would, would get more off the social media um, and, and pick up a book, pick up a book that will help you improve your life and some things. And, um, but that's just me and my venting on social media. And I, I just think that today that some people can be, they can spend a little bit too much time on, on their iPhones and iPads and, and there's better use of your time uh, than that. So for all of our listeners out there that are athletes, you should grab the book Twin Thieves by Coach Steve Jones. And that'd be a great, great place for you to start with your with your reading. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think coach, I think, you know, I, I just want to share my thought on one of the things you said about protecting your confidence. Uh, I think Dean and I both kind of looked at each other like, yes, right? You you see so much. What do you what are you gonna see like Thursday, like five o'clock up until you know Friday at noon? You know, we're here, here we are, you know, and pictures of that, you know, which is great. And you want kids to be excited and kids should be excited to play. But even, you know, and we learn this in business a little bit, every now and then you don't want to tip your hand, you know, and you don't want mm-hmm. to ever want to give someone else a little bit of energy, just a little bit, you know, even if it's just to start the game, because I'm a firm believer that, you know, after the ball kicks off all that, you know, the, the social media motivation goes away. But if you're motivating people during the week of practice, you know, that could really change the outcome. So I, I really like that comment. I hope our listeners uh, heard that because protecting your, your confidence every now and then is, is something good. Be humble. And yeah. we had a lot of our guests say that. And, but, you know, be proud of, of what you accomplish and be proud of the work that you put in. But sometimes it's, it's, it's nice to be humble and to think about, you know, self-improvement, like you said, with, you know, that's something that I've started uh, the last week and a half is every night. And, and my wife does it with me now every night. You know, we read 10 to 20 pages of, uh, and I read leadership, um, you know, something for myself to really help my staff. And it's really, it really changes, you know, kind of how you think about things and you, you become a little bit more self-aware. Um, and when I say self-aware, you know, when I'm thinking about making a decision, I, I'm thinking through it, you know, instead of just being like, I'm going to go do this, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to go do this. And I, I get the voice in my head saying, no, it's probably not the right thing to do. Um, and so I, I really love that comment. Dean, anything on your end? You know, just uh, just made me think of like when I was a younger coach, you know, you, you know, you start coaching and you start reading all the books and the coaching books and, you know, all that kind of stuff as far as X's and O's and if you're talking strength and conditioning, it's the technique, of course, of all the exercise and how to implement and design and all that. But I think where I really made a bigger difference and a bigger impact on kids' lives as a teacher and a coach is when I started to get out of my reading comfort zone and started to read other different topics, you know, and learn some of the stuff that I wasn't very familiar with and talking about culture and leadership and motivation and, and all the other things, because as we know, it's, you know, kids don't care how much, you know, you know, it's just how much you, you care about them. And I think building those relationships, whether you're a coach out there having coaching relationships, and I get a great relationship with Mike here, you know, and I've grown so much as a coach and as a person, just having that relationship. But I think you have to be able to kind of step out of your comfort zone and start 
learning some things that maybe weren't top three on your list. And that really helps you become a better coach, better teacher, and then also a better person. And because all kids are different. And, you know, what you think might be, ah, I don't like that person's hair. Or I, I don't like this or that about the person. We got to understand that we're, we're all different. And a lot of coaches. So Dean just cut out on us there. Mike has a job to do, you know, that, that, that can help us out. That can help that team. And not only help the team, but that team will help that person be more successful once their playing career is over. No, I totally agree with that. Mike, share with our listeners what it's like to coach with Coach Manchie. <laughs> oh, the clean podcast now. The clean podcast. Yep. The clean so, podcast. No, the kids love them. Uh, everyone knows that we're fortunate to, to have Dean in, in our building, and uh, he 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 knows too that uh, he's he's uh, probably the best strength and conditioning high school coach in in uh, the state of Wisconsin. So it's uh, it's. Yeah, we could go on and on and have some fun, but uh, 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 kids appreciate him. I think that's the biggest thing, and, and appreciate what uh, uh, what he's done. And, and um, you know, I think that the big thing too. I, I watch these uh, the track guys go crazy about during track season, and uh, that's where I'm kind of going. Your confidence—that's all you're trying to do, Dean. Is just trying to boost your confidence, and if it's another inch to, to get the, that disc or that shot put out. And then, you know, and, but that's a big thing, big, big, big thing when you're playing or doing something at a high level is that you got to make sure that you have confidence in yourself. So, well, Mike, we, we really appreciate you have, or, or coming on the show. Um, you know, just a great example for, you know, athletes and coaches, obviously, I mean, you give of your time to help so many young people, obviously you shared what great growth mindset you have to, to make yourself better. Mm -hmm. that, that's that's a great you know that's a great message for coaches no matter what level you play at you know i made a, a twitter post today you know yeah maybe you played the game but can you train the game you know and so you, know, yeah. you see a lot of a lot of guys that have played at the highest level and they want to coach and then things like that and you have to it's a different technique and it's a different personality trait to be able to do that so we really appreciate you coming on I uh, want to make a plug for Coach Manchie, Coach Manchie and his Fox Valley throws uh, September and October from 10 to 1130. Correct, Coach? Correct. Fire it. All right. We got uh, we got some stuff going on. Sports Advantage. Um, we're very excited about um, and uh, just really want to send, you know, a, a big thank you to all of our listeners out there. Um, you know, our the podcast is definitely growing. Dean and I get messages from various coaches across our state uh, on a weekly basis. You know, our, our Twitter, make sure you follow our Twitter because we do a, a good job of, of posting some information on there. Uh, athletes, our Instagram, uh, we'd love to have you follow Instagram. we got videos on there, things like that. Just a lot of knowledge and a lot of sharing of information. Again, we're doing the podcast because we want to see young kids be able to reach their potential and, and, and coaches to be able to reach their potential. So guys, appreciate you hopping on and uh, we will see everybody next time. Chop it. <laughs>